Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by our friends over at Celsius. I am John Ledyard, along with my boss, the esteemed Scott Reynolds, fresh off of a Bucks victory. And wait, what's this, Scott? What's this, Scott? We got Mark Cook in the house. What? Cookie joining us for a post-game podcast to talk about... A big, big, big Buccaneer win today, 26 to 14. In his glory with his Peter Report polo on. Mark Cook, can you hear us? I can hear you, but can you hear me? We oh, got yes, you loud sir. and clear, Mark. All right. We do Perfect. have you loud and clear, and Bucks fans are already entering the chat, and we appreciate you all. We're excited to get this show going and talk about a huge Bucks victory. Nice to get back in the win column. Uh, definitely going to talk a lot to break down from this game. Um, a lot that we're going to discuss on the show uh, as we kind of look at a defense that was a little resurgent in some way today uh, and an offense that continues to kind of seem a little bit out of sorts. And it's all going to be brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. So, John, when you think about Celsius, right, it's like, um, uh, you know, you, you think about energy drinks and you think about working out, but also, too, they're a great pick-me-up, especially tomorrow. I'm, uh, a little too late for me to have a Celsius tonight, but uh, tomorrow it's going to be a different story. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of flavors to choose from. One of the ones I want to talk about tonight is this BCAA plus energy. This is the... Uh, Blood orange lemonade, and it's fantastic. Um, I work out on Mondays. I'm, I'm having this. This helps with recovery, too. It doesn't just give you just a boost for energy. It's also great because it, it replenishes your your fluids and uh, really makes you feel good after working out. So the thing with Celsius, guys, it powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And we've talked about how you can get uh, – you can go to the banner ads on pewterreport.com. And click those, and uh, and and that'll take you right to Amazon. You can also go to uh, Celsius.com. They got a store locator, and if you live in the Tampa Bay area, uh, first of all, they're it's available across the nation. But if you live in the Tampa Bay area, they got them at Publix, they got them at convenience stores, uh, Target. So there's a, an awful lot of places you can get them, and you can buy these, you know, single guys here one by one if you want to try the flavors. The thing I like to do is get the variety pack, and you can do that at Amazon or at Celsius.com, and um, and you get the variety pack, then you can try them all and see which one you like best. But yeah. definitely crushing this BCAA plus energy uh, blood orange lemonade tomorrow. It's a really good flavor if you haven't tried yeah. it. What I like to yeah. do is chug a Celsius, then use my Manscaper at the same time, and it cuts the uh, job in half. I mean, I'm like buzz, buzz, <laughs> buzz, buzz, and I'm done. I mean, it's amazing how quick... I can get Manscaped. I so. would not recommend that to no, our readers. That's not on the package. Don't try that oh, at home. Yes. 
Well, yeah, exactly. it doesn't say anything about operating heavy machinery or anything, so I wasn't sure. But Mark's yeah. coloring well outside the lines here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, guys, uh, this this was a big win for a lot of reasons for the Buccaneers. A couple of things to jump out to me is obviously it it helps keep them in the playoff position. They're at number six right now as the second wild card. The uh, the thing too is is it's eight wins. This team has shown improvement. Guys, this was a 7-9 football team last year. They had a chance to do much more, but just could not win down the stretch. And and we saw uh, today um, a very weird and odd game in a lot of respects. Uh, you yeah. want to give this Buccaneer defense some credit, right, with the six sacks. And, and gosh, they did a great job. I think they held the Vikings to 33% on third down. But the Vikings moved the ball at will on the ground, 162 yards rushing. And you throw in a two-to-one time possession advantage. Uh, if they hadn't fallen behind with those missed field goals by Dan Bailey, um, this could have been a much different game because I think that's what forced the Vikings to abandon the run. Yeah, and help the Buccaneers out. So right. I, I, as much as I want to give the Bucks defense some credit for this win, and and they deserve credit for what they did. Um, it's very concerning what they didn't do in this game. And I think a better team like that we have seen the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs over the last month, um, I don't know if today's performance would have been good enough to beat one of those type of teams. That's the question. Win, this, it, it, mean, it wouldn't win in the playoffs, Scott. This, yeah. this game would not win in the playoffs. It, it beat a 6-6 six and six Vikings football team, uh, but I don't, I don't think it beats any of the playoff teams that they're going to hopefully yeah. face if they make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and every game's different, every matchup's different, but you're looking for indicators too, like how has this team gotten better, you know what I mean? You're coming out of the bye and you want to see exactly what you didn't see on offense early in the game. And so there were negatives, there were positives. You know, I think the biggest positive in this game was the fact that, and it, it honestly, it started happening in the Chiefs game, and even a little bit in the Rams game, you know, to a degree late in the game, we were kind of hinting at it, but there was just so many other things to talk about, and it was such a small sample size. But the four-man pass rush is starting to, Reemerge a little bit. They had a tough stretch there at the middle of the season. And I think Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul, but also Ndamukong Sue was unbelievable in this game. And those three guys, along with the season Will Golson's having, you know, it's all – it's going to – so much is going to be on them. If this team sputters offensively at all, you know, which they did at times in this game, if they sputter offensively and if their coverage group continues to play as poorly as they've played, those guys have to be awesome this season, especially Shaq Barrett. I wrote about this week. I thought he and Carlton Davis had to be the Bucks' best two defenders the rest of the season, the rest of the month of November. Um, and I thought that they absolutely were today. And honestly, that was probably the difference in this game other than the Vikings miscues was the fact that Carlton Davis, you know, him breaking up that pass was huge, dropped another interception later in the game. He just played really, really well against Adam Thielen all game uh, with Justin Jefferson when he had opportunities to cover him. And then Shaq Barrett, obviously, with the two sacks, which were kind of freebies in some ways, him getting him getting uh, getting clean. But, yes, Jordan Ridgeway, you've noticed <laughs> the Kirk Cousins look alike. It has been it has been thrown my way many many times before. Um, you like that, John? You like that? That's right. <laughs> that's that's what I need to yell at the end of this podcast instead of out. Just yell, right. you like that? But yeah, we do have some we we have some facial similarities, Kirk Cousins and I. It's true. Yeah, you know the, the one thing too is is uh, what what I did like about this game from 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 an aggressive standpoint was Bruce Aaron's decision 
to do two things. Switch up the third down back, right, to get Leonard Fournette out of there and to give LaShawn McCoy another chance. And, boy, Shady delivered today. I, I'm not in yeah. favor of giving this guy the ball unless it's against the Vikings because, you know, he looked like a completely different running back than he did at any other point in time earlier in the season when he was the third down back and it actually got a, a couple of carries, I think two carries for a minus one yard, something like that earlier in the season. So, um, you know, this was a guy that looked very motivated and, and happy to uh, to get on the field and then uh, performed well enough to stay on the field at 32 yards on four carries and, uh, and, and really had a nice series there for the Buccaneers. Did a good job on third downs. And, um, you know, and then I think the other thing the Arians did that I really liked, John, you were at your first Bucks game today at Raymond James sitting next to me. And uh, we, we were commenting about how, uh, you know, is Bruce going to use the timeouts and, and try to go for it at the end of the first half and get points on the board? And yes, he did. That's the right call. No risk it, no biscuit. Go for it. And, um, and, and put your throat on this team if you can. I know some people objected to the fact that they got down to the one-yard line because of that defensive pass interference call on the Hail Mary attempt from Brady to Gronkowski. But that's the right call because the object is to put points on the board and get, and get a field goal, to drive that into field right. goal range for a kick uh, from Ryan Suckup. And, and the thing is, is, is it's tempting down there on the one. But if you if you if you get stoned right there at the line of scrimmage, if you have a fumbled snap, uh, a, a miss, you know, uh, uh, handoff. There's whatever, no do overs there. There's no do overs, right? So it's one shot at points. You, you line up Ryan Suckup, who was almost perfect outside of that missed extra point. You get points, and then you start the second half with a touchdown. It's a ten point swing, as Bruce talked about. Yeah, it was absolutely huge. I mean, the way the Bucks came out of the half. Yeah, I wrote about a game changer and. It was that it was Bruce Aaron's decision, like you said, Scott. But the way they came out of the half, I felt like in the second half was absolutely crucial too. I mean, both either of those could have been the game changer. That because remember, they did not have many possessions in this game because the Vikings held the ball for forever. I mean, the time of possession was ridiculous. It was one of the weirdest Bucks games of all the season because it felt yeah. like we wanted to kind of knock the opposition for not doing more, but they hardly had any opportunities. So when they yeah. missed. On the first couple drives, that was kind of half their drive, basically. And so it felt like there, there were so few opportunities that the fact that they were able to create basically an extra meaningful possession at the end of the first half when there really would not have been most teams, 99% of the time, that just going to half 14 yeah. to 6, and they were able to create an extra possession and then get three points out of it. And then obviously to start the, the second half and to go down to score a touchdown. And there was a lot of rushing. Obviously, there was a big pass play on that drive too, but there's a lot of rushing on that drive that, you know, and that was the LaShawn McCoy sequence. Like, I mean, what in the world? Like, Mark, when you first heard that Leonard Fournette was was inactive, you texted us and you said, I'm glad Bruce listened to me because this was something you wanted to see happen. And we've been we've been ragging on Leonard Fournette as a group for a while. I did not think he would be inactive. But did you have expect at all to see what you saw from Shady McCoy in this game? No, I really thought we would see more Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, what we've kind of heard is he's been practicing great and looking great. Of course, we've been hearing that since training camp. I've yet to see it personally. I think, Scott, you we watched him in training camp, and you know we didn't see anything special. Now, granted, he didn't have an offseason. He was still learning the offense. But we've heard that he's been improving. So I expected to see more of him instead of McCoy. But but McCoy certainly gave them a different dynamic, a different look, um, You know, and, and something that I've been talking about just – they didn't have that 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 
shake, make a guy miss, you know, out of the backfield as a receiver or really even as a running back. Uh, and so, listen, if he can come in a series, a game, maybe two series a game and perform like he did today, um, I think that's great for the Buccaneers moving forward. I don't want to see Leonard Fournette on the field. I don't want to see Leonard Fournette dancing behind the line of scrimmage down at the goal line again. Um, right. I mean, Ronald Jones is your best running back. Um, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn, who only had one carry today, and I think it was for nothing. Uh, maybe even lost a yard. Um, it was a loss, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but I would still rather see him than Leonard Fournette because these guys are the – not well – Shady's not the future, but certainly Keyshawn Vaughn, the Buccaneers think he's the future. So I would rather see him. Fournette's not going to be here next year. So I'd rather right. see uh well, see see what uh see what Keyshawn can do. You know what was nice to see? It was nice to see a kicker uh for the other team for a change really cost the Buccaneers a victory. As Carl Jackson points out, as Buck fans, we know how it feels to see a game slip through our fingers due to missed kicks. Aguayo, yeah. et cetera. I don't I don't know that I don't know that Aguayo was ever that bad. I mean Bailey couldn't hit the yeah. broadside of a barn, and as a dad of a former kicker, yeah, as a dad of a former kicker, man, it hurt me to see that. I mean, it's yeah. one thing if it hits an upright; it's one thing if it's a little short. But I mean, yeah. he was—I don't know if he was kicking to the tunnel or to the uprights because he split the tunnels in the corner and the uprights on a couple of those kicks. It was so bad. I felt awful yeah. for the guy personally. Well, you know who was the happiest? The, the happiest guy today was Jason Light. And I had, I had yeah. like a little exchange with him after the game. Um, and, you know, listen, this is a guy you can criticize Jason Light all you want. That's fine um, for the execution of trying to find the kicker. But you have to give the guy an A forever, right? Because he oh, drafted yeah. kickers. He traded for a kicker, Kyle Brenza. He signed some big name free agent kickers, Nick Folk and Chandler Cantanzaro. And then when those guys weren't good, he went out and found some credible replacements right? And um, Pat Murray Santos and Pat Murray, right? In mid season. And uh, he also signed an international kicker for, for a quick minute to compete in camp. Um, it, and, and listen, the easy play would have been to say, okay, well, I drafted Matt Gay in the fifth round and I, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give yeah. up on my, my second Great draft. Point. Kicker. That's the easy play, right? You yep. bring in the veteran, you say, okay, well, you know, uh, he, he kind of helped uh, Gay a little bit. And we're we're gonna we're gonna give him the second year, but he didn't. He's he made a switch for Suckup. Who, trust me, if you look at Suckup's last uh, year's worth of, of field goals, uh, I think he was one of six, something like that. He had an injury. Yeah, he was not a slam dunk by any means. There was a risk there, right. but but what they did was they trusted Suckup, the professional, the veteran, the guy with the experience. That if he's healed, he can be a really good kicker. And that was a big risk that he that Jason Light and Arians made, and it's paid off. I mean, one extra point missed today um, when you got the other guy missing an extra point and three field goals. That's a win, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. this was a weird game, and, and Suckup being steady and not part of the weirdness was just huge. I mean, yeah. in the past, like this is the kind of game, like you said, like the Bucks in, in like the title of this podcast says the Vikings basically outbucked the Bucks. I mean, that was yeah. it was like kind of like the MO of Bucks losses we've seen in the past. But yeah. it was not or, or you, you could say they got bailed out. Mm -hmm. ba right? Bailed out. Yeah. <laughs> Scott. You guys go ahead and drink a Celsius. Y'all are out of control. Y'all need to just y'all are y'all are just tired drunk right now. You held a point. great straight face too. Like you yeah. were just like 
Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but no, this Bucks defense, man, I mean, I don't know what to think of this group because Vikings ran it well on them. Their tight ends, Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith, the backup tight end and the second or the third string tight end, lit them up over 100 yards. They did great this time against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Thielen had two catches for 15 yards apiece on one drive, and that was basically all you heard from, from Thielen throughout. The, that was a scoring drive, the first scoring drive. That was basically all you heard from him throughout the game. Carlton Davis was awesome on him. And so, it, you know, the Vikings clearly wanted to throw middle of the field and exploit zone issues there. And the Bucs had the same problems covering that they've had really all season long. The difference was six sacks and, and yeah. consistent pressure. Whenever Kirk Cousins had to hold it, for the most part, the pass rush was getting home. Vikings offensive line was came into the game. Three guys were playing banged up. They lost some people during the game and had some injury issues during the game. And Bucks took advantage. Jason Pierre-Paul had a sack. Shaq Barrett had two sacks. Consistent pressure from Barrett even early in the game. I thought Indomitian Sue might have played his best game as a Buck. Uh, at least definitely. this season, he was he was yeah. phenomenal. He, in fact, if he had a little more mobility left, and in, in, in <laughs> you know he could have gotten Cousins for a couple more sacks, he was really yeah, close was a couple close. times. I thought those guys had a great game, and I thought they were the difference between the Bucks defense that's given up twenty six points, twenty seven points last couple of weeks and honestly being lucky to, to keep it that low and a team that gave up 14 that and Bailey's kicks um, were the difference I think in this game from this being a lot tougher game for the Bucks to be able to win and that that's credit to the Bucks though I, I know everyone wants to say oh you know this could happen this could happen this it doesn't every game there's always something every game and the Bucks took advantage and they were the more opportunistic team today when the Vikings I mean, almost every drive was in Bucks territory, yeah. but the Bucs were the team that rose up and they made big plays in that area of the field. And so they do deserve credit for that. Yeah. And Todd Bowles still has schemed up great ways to get pressure. I mean, his games worked beautifully on the Vikings in this game. They could not handle those twists and they could not communicate through them. And then late in the game, he brought the blitz in the fourth quarter with the, with Antoine Winfield was the one that stands out. But then later he was bringing the blitz as well and so changing things up and accelerating Cousins' clock, and Cousins really looked pretty overwhelmed late in the game. He was really ineffective in those parts of the game. So I've ripped on Bulls a ton. I give him credit because the game, even though there are issues and there are some frustrating things like Shaq Barrett and Anthony Nelson dropping into coverage and getting torn up and Devin White still being on the field even though he's an auto-completion for the other team, there's plenty of things I'm frustrated about with Todd Bowles, but I have to give him credit too. I always try to be fair and not to give him credit. I thought that he did some good things in terms of creating pressure in this game. Mark, I want to ask you, right? I mean, we've, we've covered Levante David for, for a, a dozen, I mean, not a dozen yet, but a decade, right? I mean, he's, yeah. we've seen this guy. We, we love Levante. Um, you know, I'm, I, I kept this, this statement up here from Raymond P white and David have been playing mediocre lately. Sucks. I like both guys. We also like Devin white. We had him as, as the, Bucks first round draft pick two years ago, and um, you know, and and uh, I, I thought I saw flashes of a playmaker at the end of last year once he got healthy. Both of those guys, Levante and Devin, had nine tackles today, but zero tackles for loss, zero splash plays. Those tackles were simply reactionary plays. It was tight end catches the ball for a first down or, or yards, whatever, and then they make a tackle. And we just have not seen the playmaking from Levante David or from Devin White, and it's it's got to pick up, doesn't it? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that as I was reading the questions um, and comments. 
I don't remember the last really big splash play from either one of those guys. And I really thought that this was going to be the year that, that both of those guys really took a step forward. And I don't mean Levante needed to take a step forward, but to get his na- name out there, get some notoriety because of the national yeah. TV type games and things like that. Let the rest of the country know how good this guy has, has been since 2012. Right. And really in those nationally televised games, he didn't really stand out. I mean, there was been a few plays from, from time to time. Um, in a situation, and your fab was really good this past Friday when you talk about the salary cap and breaking things down, and 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 I get a question a week um, in, in the mailbag, you know, who might be a surprise guy? Who's a surprise guy that might not be back next year? I don't think it's Levante David. I think he's back next year. Yeah. But but as you wrote, Scott, in the fab, probably not for the money that he would have gotten last year if he would have you know been up yeah. for a deal or if they would have renegotiated a deal. Number one, the salary cap's going to be down. But number two... Really, his play on the field isn't warranted. Warranted uh, him being paid, you know, in that fifteen million dollar range, which is, I think, kind of what you said that, that, that he wants. It's probably going to be in that yeah. ten, eleven million dollar range, probably similar to what he's getting paid right now. Right. Uh, if that, though, I mean, they're going to be. And John and I talked about this with, or Scott and I talked about this with Jake Arians. There's going to be some tough cuts, man. This team, every NFL team, uh, is going to have to get rid of some guys that have been long-term starters, have, have spilled blood for their franchises, yeah. that fans are going to literally cry when they lose. It's, it's going to be a It's just going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. it really right. is. Because the, the thing is, is you can sit there and say, we got to clear $10 million in cap space if you're Team X, right? And and you could say, well, we could cut these three guys that are making just over $3 million a piece, or we can cut this one guy who makes $10 million. Right. And even though yeah. he's a – one of our star players, it's like, you know, it, f- football is a team sport. It's it's 11 guys on the field. And if you cut three of them, then you got to replace three guys. It's just more yeah. holes to fill. And, yeah. and if you cut one guy, it's easier to replace one guy just, just from a, a sheer number standpoint, yeah. not, not necessarily a play standpoint uh, or level of play standpoint. So you're right, Mark. I mean, there's going to be some tough decisions to make. And, and I think Levante David is probably going to have to – uh, to take less than he wants, right? Due to two reasons. Number one, just what you said, he's not had the splash plays. He's not going to make the Pro Bowl this year. He's a damn good player. Don't get me wrong. I love Levante, but you don't think he's going to make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, no, I don't. Oh, he, you the, guys are crazy. He, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not having a year that he's had in the past. He's had much better years in the past. Yeah, and not made the not Pro Bowl. He's made it one time as like a as a, as a backup mean, alternate type guy. But it's about the spotlight being on Tampa. His numbers are still good. I think he makes it. I. I, I, don't. I think Levante David's been if if he makes it, Devin White has to make it because Devin White has more tackles and and statistically. But Devin White's been way worse. <laughs> so, again, I mean, I know that's not how it works. There, nobody nobody's you're, breaking you're, down the film before they vote, though. Unfortunately, that's that's true. But Devin White also has been like noticeably beaten a lot, and so. But you're right; he may make it. But but it's it's all about splash plays at the linebacker position yeah. when it comes to the Pro Bowl. Right now, Levante David is 19 tackles behind Devin White. He's not even the leading tackler. He has one and a half sacks. He's got five pass breakups, one interception. But one those were good numbers for a linebacker. Not for, uh, not for Levante David. No. <laughs> not for I Levante David. I think he's going to make it. I think Levante David still played great. I'll disagree with you guys on that. Okay. I don't have much issue with Davis. But the one thing I will say this, I don't think anybody – the Vikings were the first team in a while that said, come out and said – 
we want to run the ball on the box. I mean, like, look at the Rams. They didn't even try. The Chiefs, they didn't even try. So it's harder for those guys to make a lot of plays. I think the Saints did. The Saints did come out and run the ball, right? A little bit, but I mean, 138 yards, 138 yards against the Saints. I should say against the Bucks on Sunday Night Football. The Giants had over 100 yards, and I think the Giants. We kind of talked about it during the game when we saw the Vikings. By the time they got their first touchdown, they had 76 yards rushing at the start of the second quarter, and the Bucks came in this game allowing an average of just 74 yards. Right. So, and, and and you could just see that they were doing the same thing that the Giants and the Saints did, which is commit an extra tight end to the front and go double tight end or bring in an offensive tackle, use him as a tight end, and just overpower the Buccaneers. Um, Steve McClendon and, you know, Nacho, Raheem Nunez, Roches, they're serviceable guys, but they're not Vita Vea. And, yeah, we've had a couple comments tonight. We have them every Peter Report podcast where where people say we miss Vita Bay. Yeah, and they're, they're going to miss him the whole whole season yeah, because yeah. he's not coming back. He's not but, coming back. Yeah. But I'm just saying there hasn't been there hasn't been four better linebackers in the NFL this year than than Levante David. Like people don't even understand the things that they ask him to do that you don't see other linebackers in the NFL even asked to do. John, that he, he's, that he does that doesn't even like no ball ever comes his way. John, he he's been the everywhere. best linebacker in years past from time to time. And not made the Pro Bowl. I mean, it's yeah. just—I don't know what it is. But I mean, there's I don't a spotlight on the Bucks now, and he still played at a high level. So I think he makes it because of that. I, yeah. I agree with you. He's been deserving. So for your standpoint, yeah. I think back to what Mark was saying. Levante is going to have to. To he's not making fifteen million dollars. He might have to literally. He's making just no. over ten and a half right now. He literally might have to take eleven or twelve per year. Yeah. Um, I think to, that's fair. But I think that's a lot of positions, and especially linebacker. It's already not a value position, and in, in general, like with the cap being lower, teams are going to have to take the hit. But I asked the cap, cap expert guy that I trusted, and it really never led me astray. And he said, "Bucks can keep Donovan Smith, Ryan Jensen. They can re-sign Chris Godwin as long as it's like in the seventeen to eighteen range, mm-hmm. or they could franchise him. You know, as long as he's not trying to get. And again, Godwin's not coming off the." hottest year ever and he only has a one one thousand yard season that might work right. in the bucks favor especially with the wide receiver draft and the fact that the position in general is kind of oversaturated around the league and yeah. the linebacker you know the cap's not that bad for or the tag isn't that bad for a linebacker either so right. so there's a lot of but there's they can all be back you know even with the yeah. cap being lower i think now, chris goblin's gonna get the franchise tag that's yeah. that's yeah, you I mean, made a you made a good point in, in your fab that no none of the 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 big free agent wide receivers last year got anything but the franchise tag, yeah. and with the salary cap being lower this year, that number is going to drop a little bit. So it's going to be kind of a yeah. bargain for the Buccaneers. Yeah, um, you know, really you can is. call it an educated guess right now that right. that that Chris Godwin it, right now right now Chris Godwin is is on track to get the the franchise tag unless they can come to terms on a contract extension but but yeah um, there's a whole glut of wide receivers that are in that draft class and some of those guys like he's not in their draft class neither is Amari Cooper but Amari Cooper DeAndre Hopkins got paid those are some rare exceptions that got extensions there's a whole slew of guys Will Fuller um, uh, some of the names escape me right now um, Sammy Watkins is one there's, I, I don't remember. Yeah, oh, AJ Green's AJ one. Green might have been one. Yeah, there's a couple guys in the draft yeah. last Kenny Galladay that that have that have not gotten extensions, and I think a lot of those guys are going to get franchised. So, yeah, right. uh, but one thing we probably should talk about real quick before we get back to this game is the Saints lost, right? So New Orleans 
lost. What type of playoff implications does that have uh, in terms of, of playoff seeding? Because the Bucks right now are still sixth, right? Uh, yeah, they're sixth. The, the Buccaneers would still would need the Saints to to lose out. The Buccaneers would have to go undefeated. Well, I'm not That's talking the, about the South. I'm talking about oh, the seed, right? In yeah, terms no, of, of it, can Green Bay get the number one seed? They right? are now. Green Bay is the number one seed now that the Saints right. lost and the Packers won, I believe. And, and, and more importantly, can they keep that? Because the thing is, is you know, that's key, right? Can the Buccaneers finally beat the Saints if they draw that matchup, right? Because no. if the Buccaneers are, <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll no. see. I'm, no. I'm inclined to believe. But save that for a later podcast, please. Yeah, no. I, I mean, mean, maybe I if maybe if Hill is the starter because he looked like total garbage today uh, against the Eagles, but. Uh, if Drew Brees is back, uh, no, they're not. They're not beating. The Speaking of Taysom Hill, by the way, uh, thinking of players who've completed passes on Devin White, Devin White this season has been targeted. Are you ready for this? Hold on, seventy three times, oh and he's given up sixty five catches. Wow, oh, he has good. broken up good one job. pass, and it was back in one, it was back in week one. Wow. So. I mean, you would think occasionally actually like a ball would hit the back of his helmet. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> you know, accident. something by accident, he would be a pass breakup, but he would accidentally I mean, be yeah. out of place and, and, and even break if up. You, a like, but, even if yeah, you like, don't good. even care about provable focus grades or anything like that, which I totally understand. I, you know, I talk about with you guys every week. I think that there's things about him that I don't think you can quantify numerically. Even if you're like, I hate PFS grades for Devin White, but like, He's been targeted, you know, I mean, <laughs> 73 times giving up 65 catches. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if I'm not saying, every, but he's giving up nine yards a catch. So he's giving up yards after the catch too. Right. So it's not like, you know, as a linebacker, you're always going to give up a lot of catches because you're playing off of almost everybody you're covering. So right. you're always going to give up a lot of catches. But even like if you look at Levante David's numbers, they're not, they're not close to Devin White's. And, you know, that might be obvious to people because even Bucks fans that, that love White, you know, know that David's, you know, still better. And so it's just kind of, it, it's it's kind of one of these situations with Devin White where we are absolutely going to say, I mean, every time you listen to a national broadcast, you're going to say, this guy is the one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. And, and there are going to be moments where that looks true. And then there are moments where it's not true. And so we come to this point with Devin White in this defense where you're like, he is so bad in coverage right now. And part of it is he's just not instinctive at all. And like landmarks and field for yeah. receivers around him. He just doesn't have it. And he, so, he struggles so much in that, but he also struggles so much in man coverage. What is the solution with Devin White? But you took him at five. You can't take him off the field on third downs. Like that's yeah, where the value of the position is. So The thing is, is what hurts Devin White, the same thing hurt, hurting Anthony Nelson this year, is is no preseason, no offseason, right? Uh, usually what, what coaches and GMs would tell you is, is the, the greatest leap in a player is from year to one to year two. And a lot of that's because you have your own film to look at in the offseason. Sit down with the coaches, with your position coaches, with your coordinator, and and watch that film in in April and May and June, and then go out there and have OTAs and, and mini camps galore to work on your defense, your scheme, your technique, your fit, your your recognition, your recognition mm-hmm. everything to hone those instincts and to increase your knowledge in the defense, but there's only so much you can do on zoom calls. Right. And so when the first time you show up to one buck in your place and get on the field with your coaches is for an abbreviated truncated training camp and there's no preseason games, it's just tough to make progress. And I think 
we haven't seen a bunch of progress from from Devin White, um, just like we haven't from Anthony Nelson on defense. Right. Yeah. I it's, think it's I think probably. Devin needs Sean to. Sean Murphy, st- Murphy Bunting too. You know, is yeah. another player we've not. Or Jamel Dean. <laughs> Jamel Dean. Yeah. Well, well, listen. We we got something real quick here. Big Earn eight forty nine throwing us a super chat. Uh, that's that's awesome. I'm feeling under the weather. Hope you feel better, Big Earn. Will Celsius soap? Well, I'm going to say this. It can't hurt, right? The other <laughs> Celsius BCAA that I uh, plus energy that, that I've, I've had that's quite good is the tart cherry lime. Okay, tart lime, tart cherry, good stuff. Not too sweet, not too tart either. Uh, very good. If you like a cherry limeade, very similar to that. So, Big um, Earn, if you throw a shot of vodka in there with that, I guarantee you, you will feel better. I don't know medically if you're going to be any better, but you will feel better for at least a couple hours before you pass out. And Celsius does not cure COVID. I feel like I should say that bigger. These, yeah. these, these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA or the Pew Report staff. Drink at your own risk. But I do feel like whenever I'm feeling, you know, if I'm feeling under the weather or just dragging Celsius is, I, I really, I, you know, I talk about all the time. I really like it, and I wasn't sure I would. And I'm a big fan. You weren't even an energy drink guy. No, not an energy drink guy, not a soda guy, nothing. I was telling you about about Celsius, and you're you're like, I'll try it, but like, I don't really, I don't drink soda, I don't drink any of this stuff. Well, John, you need you need to come to my house because. Um, I'm literally getting covered up by cases and cases of Celsius. And, and right now oh, with, with some medical things and a surgery coming up, I'm having to lay off of any type of caffeine product right now. So, uh, I don't want it to go to waste. So you and Reynolds come over and, uh, and, and hey, chug a lug all you want. I'll drive um, by and take some off your hand. No worries. Yeah. Kenneth knows Celsius, watermelon, and cola are legit. I haven't tried yeah. the watermelon. I got to try that one, but. Okay, guys, we got to talk about Tom Brady. Uh, I know we got differences of opinions on this pod. I, we almost did the pod before the pod, which was Trevor Sycamore's big <laughs> yeah. no-no for the podcast. Right. Never do the pod before the pod. Don't do the pod before the pod. <laughs> That's right. He yelled at all of us about that at one point or another. Um, and uh, so we've got different. Tom Brady comes out first two drives of the game, and he's one for four on the first two drives of the game. And one of those was a miscommunication with Antonio Brown. I think I don't, nobody even ran anywhere close to. The right route. So one of them was miscommunication. Was Mike one was it Evans? He missed and he missed Gronk down the field on the first third down of the game. I want to say, and he yep. missed uh, Godwin, Godwin uh, wide open in the middle of the field on this kind of scramble drill, broken play. Yeah, that that pass to Godwin at both times. I tweeted out Brady missed some wide open guy was there should have made the throw, no question about it. People wanted to kill him after <laughs> not necessarily Bucks fans. Bucks fans are actually a little bit more fair to Brady. And then anybody else, but I mean, everybody like national media was literally like, Tom Brady's done, he's got to retire after this game. Like, it's done. I'm like, two throws. Like, it was a well, I may have, I may have, I may, I'm glad I wasn't in the press box with you guys today. By the way, John, I just want want to say that you look more like Kirk Cameron than Kirk Cousins. And, uh, yeah, from Growing Pain, Scott will get that reference. You're too young. I know, I know, I just think, doesn't he have curly hair? I don't know. I'm just saying that. It's the only other Kirk I could think of, and you don't look like Kirk Gibson. So Captain Kirk, maybe. Scott, do um, I look like Kirk Cameron? Help me. <laughs> you don't look like Kirk Cousins. Fans, you don't have a beard or a mustache. Do I honestly look like Kirk? Put a Vikings helmet on oh, and we'll Kirk know, Cousins but right now you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Fox fans, I need you to no. vote. Kirk Cameron or Kirk Cousins? Take a look at both. Kirk pictures. Douglas. Tell me what you think. Go ahead, Mark. Kirk Pre- <laughs> pre-stroke <laughs> Kirk Douglas. <laughs> But vote on I'm not going to do my Kirk Douglas impression, by the way. Tell me in the chat which one. 
Sorry, right, Mark. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead with your analysis on Brady, Mark. Um. Yeah. No, I was one of those guys. Like, uh, yeah. What? What in the blank and blank and blank was that? I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Tom. Listen, you had the bye week. You're supposed to be getting better. Uh, you talk for the last two weeks about starting fast, converting third downs. We saw the Vikings march down the field. You've got to make those throws. Those are not those are throws that you've made in your sleep before. The the pass to Godwin, the pass to Gronkowski, just. It's like he's hearing little demons in his head and, 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 and footsteps that aren't there. And he's just, I don't know, he just doesn't look comfortable at times. And it's very frustrating, you know, that a 20-year veteran has to, we have to wait till he gets into a rhythm. I mean, I I wanted to put him on the supporting list and you guys talked me out of it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just didn't think he had a great game, yeah. you know. All right, so, I, I think the I think the standard for Brady is impossible, and part of it's his fault. He was, so but that's why so he's long. here. That, he, the yeah. standard, the standard is the only reason he's here, right? Which is what to is meet standard? that standard, that Super Bowl is, quality quarterback, and not missing every year, really. not missing Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, that third down throw where he tried to hit Scotty Miller, where he was going to throw to him before the pass, before they even snapped the ball, just a terrible decision. Um, you know, and then he throws the most beautiful pass, really, maybe of the year to Scotty Miller on that long ball. I mean, again, I was screaming, why are you throwing 50 yards down the field when it's third and three until it dropped right in the breadbasket <laughs> of Scotty Miller? I hate yeah. I hate long throws when it's, you know, third and under five, but Brady's been pretty darn good at that this year. Well, I just yeah. – uh, but, but if he doesn't complete that, th then who knows what happens in that game. But he did, so it is what it is. So – it was a little of a frustrating performance for me early on, um, but I always felt like the Buccaneer offense was going to score their points. I mean, they're just too good not to. Um, I was really surprised that you know not any of the receivers really got involved. He's he's yet to find his favorite guy. You know what I mean? Scotty had guys, one catch, two targets. Favorite guys, the guy that's over. It's different every single. I mean, he just is not a normal quarterback. Yeah, like, you know, it's just not. It's it's so different. I think it's honestly he's just so different for Bucks fans to like watch. He's just nothing like James Winston, nothing like Josh Freeman, and well, he's, a just, like so right, no, he's a little bit like James Winston. He's a little bit aggressive. No, no, I'll say this: the the reason why he's like Winston is because Winston threw a, a franchise record thirty touchdowns last year. Actually, I'm sorry, 30, 30. I was thinking the interceptions. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's, got, he's got he's got 30 33 touchdowns for Winston. I was gonna say I didn't Brady know if that was low key a shot or Brady's got three uh, 30 now so he's yeah. he's literally three away from tying Winston with three games left so when you say the standard well Brady had 24 touchdowns last year for the Patriots that's an average of of 1.5 touchdowns per game well he he threw two today mm -hmm. okay so in my opinion two touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah. That's a win for the Bucks offense, and here's why. Because over the last four games, Tom Brady's thrown eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. So any time this offense is turnover-free, um, I'm saying that's a win, especially when Brady puts a couple touchdowns in the back. And And he's not sacked. we got to give the offensive line a lot of credit today. Absolutely. They didn't run the ball particularly well. They were able to in the fourth quarter when they needed to kind of right. milk the clock a little bit. But – um, you know, they, I think Brady was really only hit one time. Now, I, I didn't, I don't know if, if you guys, you guys probably didn't hear the TV broadcast, but um, Brady's been hit the third most times in the NFL. He's been only been sacked like the, you know, not that many times, but 
He's been hit over 40 times. Clock, baby. He's only been sacked 16 times. That's just a function of this, of this offense, though. Right. In some right. ways. I mean, that's also the fact that he's just unbelievable at getting the ball out before. The dude has the best internal clock of yeah. any quarterback ever. And Sometimes that know. egg timer goes off too soon, man. And I'm telling you, on but a couple of those passes today, I, I agree. You alive. You know, you've got I agree. Like, it's one of those things that you can look at every throw by a quarterback ever, and you can say like, oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? But there's so many things to account for. And I'm not saying this. I, like I said, when Brady missed those two throws, I tore him a new one on Twitter. I said, literally, like, these are terrible, like wide open. I capitalized it. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not BSing right. to try and cover for, I'm just saying the position is so hard. And in this offense, it's even harder than most offenses that I just think that it's so difficult to say, like, because of two throws, you know, I, I would like to say those were two terrible throws. And then also look and you know, Brady makes the two great to throw to Evans and throw to Miller, even the crosser to AB, you know, and the, to get the 16 yards to get him to midfield in the Hail Mary. John, you're, you're going to, you know, it's, they just you, Brady doesn't get the credit for things that other quarterbacks get credit for because he's Brady, and I get that completely. But I'm just saying, if we're going to come and we're going to talk about how good Brady did or didn't play, we've got to be able to account for all of those things, including good things. And I think that's important. And even though the standard for Brady might be higher, he is not the greatest quarterback in the NFL anymore. Like that's just the reality. You can say Brady might have fallen off some. I think more of it is the league has changed. He can't. Brady has never been great at adjusting his platform and throwing accurately like that's never been his thing and on the godwin throw like you can say he's wide open and he is and but brady has never been he had to move in the pocket because that was late in the progression and yeah. make a throw and he missed it and he shouldn't miss it but it's the game has changed there are more pass rushers better pass rushers it's more of a passing league and teams are set up to defend the pass more because of that and especially an offense like aaron's they're set up to defend the long ball really more than anything there's lots of underneath stuff to be had that keeps drives going. But again, it comes back to those things. Like I think the game has changed and Brady, he he has changed with it unbelievably well to be doing what he's doing at 43, but he isn't yeah. the best quarterback. You know it, reminds me of, it reminds me of Michael Jordan, right? When he came into the NBA, he was a Skywalker, right? He was Dunkalicious. He was, he was a, a to the rim kind of guy. He played above the rim. And, and as, as time went on, he really developed the outside shot. And to the point where when he didn't have the ups anymore, when he was in his like mid to late thirties, then he could do the fadeaway jumper that you just couldn't stop. So his game evolved. He went from being a, a dynamic slasher that would go right to the hoop and and, and dunk or lay up crazy you know layup shots uh, galore. But then later in his game, he really transitioned into a different player, uh, mm -hmm. a, a guy that could literally kill you with with outside shooting, and because he didn't have the ability to drive later in his career like he did. But he was still very effective as just an outside assassin. And right. I think Brady has evolved. But, but John, you're right in, in, in the fact that, that if you look at the quarterbacks who are coming in, we talked about the Saints winning – I'm sorry, or losing today, and who beat them. Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. And, and we have, uh, you know, uh, Tua Tanglevoa down there in Miami give the Chiefs a scare. And – and obviously Patrick Mahomes, right? He's he's a, a quarterback that can make plays with his feet, throw in the run. Kyler Murray. Uh, we're seeing these quarterbacks that are coming in now that that really are dynamic playmakers. That, that, that are not just scramblers, but these are guys that that are that are good quarterbacks, good to great quarterbacks that can throw in the run. 
and 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 throw while on the move. And even Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that can do that. Uh, right. That's more of like that old style pocket passer. But I think the the pocket passers are kind of going out yeah. of. Of the league now that, the fact that he's as good as he is at his style with his style of quarterbacking in today's nfl at 43 years old is remarkable it's unbelievable yeah. and we are we're losing that as as an audience and i get it i know because the standard is impossibly high for brady we are losing the unbelievableness of what he's done this season to be able to play in this league at that age at that position at the level he's playing at, and be able to put up the numbers he's playing at without an offseason i mean it's crazy and i know that's in a vacuum i know the the for brady things are different he's been to 10 super bowls he's won six or something like that i don't even can't even keep track anymore but like i know that it's different but i'm saying i hope at the end of this at the end of his time as a buck we can step back from it and say this was incredible like that this happened was nuts because like he, he like somebody said in here he's gonna throw close to 40 touchdowns this season like yeah. he's got three of the you know two games against the falcons one game against detroit some of the worst secondaries left and they obviously he's been unbelievable in the red zone he's cut down on turnovers and sack numbers he's done a lot of the things that you really want him to do to be honest like i know everybody's going to say if brady isn't a star the bucks can't win the super bowl and maybe that's true mm -hmm. but i don't know if that's fair and i don't know if that's a fair way to look it might be accurate but yeah. i don't know if that says more about brady or says more about the team he's going to have to be a star because i still don't believe this defense can carry this team yeah Right. That is what I say. Like it, it, it might be accurate, but it, is it fair? Like, shouldn't this defense be better? Like, shouldn't this run scheme, yeah. especially, be be more diverse and better? And shouldn't Mike Evans be better? I mean, this is a this is a good point here that somebody brings up. And I, we, Mike Evans is kind of, and you guys already went after the one untouchable in this podcast. So I don't like it too, fellas. Like I, did, I was about to say on this podcast, the Levante David and Mike Evans are the two untouchables, and I don't have big issue with David, but y'all got him already. But Mike Evans, I just don't think he's been a star this season. I think Mike Evans has been good, yeah. and he made a good sideline catch today, but he drops a pass, and he falls down in the end zone in a route, and he's kind of – I don't know what he was even doing going into the route, and maybe he's not 100%. I know he's been in and off the injury report, and but I just don't think he's been great this season. I, I know that everybody's going to say, oh, the, you know, the, the, the Brady doesn't connect it with him, and there's less communication, but – I mean, Mike Evans is gonna. Other than that, second year, I think second year was in the league. He's gonna. He's already. You know, his drops are already a career high. Other than that season, I mean, I, I, I think he's a great games. player who's not having a great season. Is that right. fair? To say? That's fair to say, and that's why I wish we said about everybody because Mike Evans is unquestionably a great player. I think he's having a good, not great season, but yeah. he's not getting any flack for it. Every right. time he makes a play, so should be. Oh, Mike Evans is amazing. I wish you were. You know, I I agree, but like. He also has struggled this season. It has not been a great season for him, and I think that, that needs to be acknowledged at least. Mark, no? What are you trying to say? He's not going to make the Pro Bowl now? Is that what he's you're trying to say, John? He's not going to make the Pro Bowl, Mark. Yeah. He is, I don't know. He a few more touchdowns, you never know. You know, He ends up with 20 touchdowns now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's probably no, not. That's true. I, I never rule anything out for the popularity contest. But No, in all seriousness, like Mike it. Evans has a better chance of making the Pro Bowl than Levante David. And I say that because oh, he's no. been the last few years, and there's that name recognition, and his buddies aren't looking at that's the true. stats. When the players vote, they see Mike Evans. You know what I mean? And everybody yeah. loves Mike Evans. He's the Walter Payton Man of the Year for the team. I mean – I, you know, again, the 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 whole the whole Pro Bowl is is such a farce the way that it's done. Anyway, um, right. I put a lot more stock into the All Pro voting myself because it's done by media members. Although, I'll be honest with you, some of the media members 
Well, what am I saying? The media members also are beat writers for teams, for a lot of them. So it's hard for them to watch all the games. I mean, you guys didn't watch any of the 1 o'clock games, barely saw any of the late 4 o'clock games. So right. if you were an all-pro voter, how in the world are you going to make a, a valid case that um, you know uh, Josh Schwett for the Eagles deserves to be an all-pro, which he doesn't, although he had two sacks tonight. He's a FSU, go Knowles. But the point is, is again, it's hard to tell, and it's you know, it's you know, fans voting, and that's a popularity contest, beauty contest. There's, you know, players. You know, who do we like? Uh, who was good last year? They're not doing any research on this. Mm -hmm. um, I guess coaches have a say. Um, that might be the most legitimate way. But but Dirk Cutter used to say, Scott. Uh, we used to ask Dirk Cutter about not us. I think it was Jenna Lane. Uh, but somebody would always ask Dirk Cutter about the Pro Bowl voting. He's like, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. They would ask him about his own players if they deserve right. to be in the Pro Bowl, and Dirk would be like, "I don't know because I don't really get to watch a lot of the other guys." You know yeah. what I mean? I don't. I don't know of the better receivers than Mike Evans out there because I'm looking at defenses of other teams, not their offenses as much. So, anyway, that's all. And I you, got. Know, you, you mentioned Dirk Cutter, and the Bucks are going to see him um, on on Sunday in Atlanta. So, so Tampa Bay finally stops their their two game losing streak, their three game losing streak at home. They go on the road for the first time in a long time, and they face a Falcons team that had been playing better under Raheem Morris, and they lose today against the L.A. Chargers 20-17. to The Chargers uh, kick a, a last-second field goal uh, to, to break a 17-17 tie, and you look at the, 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 the last two scores, uh, the Chargers put uh, 10 points on the board to outscore Atlanta. Atlanta's had a hard time this year, whether it was with Dan Quinn or Raheem Morris, finishing out games. And and so that, that that's one thing. And Matt Ryan had three interceptions today, and it was certainly not a good performance from him. Um, and and the crazy thing is Atlanta, you know, they put up 319 yards. They were 9-12 and third down. Calvin Ridley played well, eight catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they were without Julio Jones, so it'll be interesting to see if Jones plays in Sunday's game when Tampa comes to town. But the one, the one thing is, uh, the one parallel is, you look at at what the the Buccaneers have been able to do uh, in in the fourth quarter. They, they came up with the field goal, um, and they really outscored the Vikings in the second half. Um, 10 to, to 7. So they've been a, like a little bit better finishing. And we've, we've seen the Bucks fall into early holes and have to come back. They did it against Kansas City down 17 nothing. They outscored the Chiefs down the stretch. It was it was too little too late. So we'll, we'll see if, if the Falcons can can continue not to finish games and if the Bucks can continue to finish games in the fourth quarter. That's a little bit of a preview for next week. But, um, guys, as we put a, a bow on this this game and, and, and wrap it up, um, and, and I say that because Christmas is around the corner, and the Bucks got some presents early. So let's let's talk about some game balls. And uh, and before we do that, um, it, I, you know, we we got to go to our sponsor, John. And that's oh yes, that's Manscaped. Talk about it, man. I mean, what this, this product is great. I'm telling you. It is. Like, did you guys, did you guys want me to show you the exam example? No, 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 no. Okay, no, just no, check it. Just check it. Okay, Mark. We're not doing right. show. The only show and tell I will do is I'm going to show you this right here, right? This is why is it in your office? That creeps me out. For well, the show, <laughs> we're on the show, and I'm I'm not going to bring my laptop into the bathroom. I'm remind showing you me, remind me not to go in your office again. 
Well, but listen, if you're looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further because our sponsors of our game ball segments, Manscaped, they've got the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So we have a lot of, of viewers and listeners from around the globe, so you can get Manscaped in your country too. There's a few of their products that I want to talk about. They're prime stocking stuffers this year. Uh, this one right here is the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. The name speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Not going to get to it more than that. It's mm -hmm. the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got the Crop Reviver. This is a ball toner. It's spray, mm -hmm. spray on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with the aloe vera and hazel extracts. Slice. <laughs> They've also got the crop cleanser. It's a body wash. It's a full body wash you can use. Uh, you can also use it on your hair as well. The crop mop ball wipes. Oh you never know when an opportunity strikes, and you should always be prepared. They've got foot duster, so foot deodorant designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh. And the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. I'm getting marked for Christmas. They also got a weed whacker for nose and air. My feet are just fine. That provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And, of course, as I mentioned. That right I here, could use, John. That I could use. The lawnmower 3.0. And here's the best part. It comes with the light so you can see it. You can see what you're doing down there. Offers replacement uh, ceramic blades and advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. So all of these yeah. products, listen, they're, they're vegan. They're cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free. So you know these products are legit. The best part is is when you order from Manscaped and you get that lawnmower 3.0, comes in this great travel kit. It's got Manscaped on it. You put all your Manscaped products in there. It makes a fantastic holiday gift. So in order for you to save 20% and get free shipping, go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code pewter, whether it's your dad, your partner, your uh, co-worker, your brother, your friend, your college roommate, whatever. Get them dad? something they will actually use and it's almost sure to get a laugh, too. And the great thing is after they laugh, guess what? They're going to use it, right, because it's a great product. So get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code pewter. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. And and uh, the great thing is is, is I, I gave Hugh MacArthur, our, our boss, if you report, a Manscaped kit. So. <laughs> so, you're, so you're trying to get fired is what you're saying, right? No, I'm no, trying promoted. to get a, to get a good Christmas bonus. Or There's no promotion, John. He's the boss of the bosses. Oh, I mean, well, was he going to be Hugh's son? I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't name a boss for today's show, so technically. Scott's always the boss. I on my introduction, but then I was interrupted yeah. by the arrival of one more cook and so well i'm sorry i was I late i was anymore. i was dusting my crop balls or you're, whatever you're it is manscaping. Yeah. yeah no it was not manscaping i'm a 70s manscaping. guy you know all right, all right who's your manscaped game ball going to mark okay. cook offensively and defensively go ahead mark well if i was going to give a manscaped product to anybody it would be alex kappa he looks like he could use some manscaping because <laughs> he's a very hairy man <laughs> But I don't think the Buccaneers are going to allow me to do that, and he might punch me next you time he sees try. me. So uh, on the offensive side, I am going to give it to Rob Gronkowski, not just for his touchdown catch, not just for the overthrow by Tom Brady, but to draw a penalty that just never, ever gets called and should more than it does. I mean, a Hail Mary is no different than any other pass play. If you get mugged going down the field, if you get mugged by three guys in the end zone, right. 
I mean, there are rules. This is not Vietnam, Donnie. There are rules, all right? You've got to play by the rules. And uh, sometimes uh, the officials decide what counts as rules and doesn't count as rules. So I was glad to see that, not just because it helped the Buccaneers there, but because it's the right call. It's absolutely the right call. Troy Aikman was going on about it being being a terrible call, but, um, you know, Troy should be all for it. He was a former quarterback. I don't know if he remembers that or not. He took a lot of hits. Defensively, um, I'm going to give it to Shaq Barrett, man. I was on Shaq's case all year long earlier in the year. Um, they found something with him flipping sides and, and, and working some stunts underneath. His first sack came with him coming underneath after kind of, you know, stepping to the outside. Um, you know, I think he's realized again, look, Shaq Barrett didn't come into the season deciding I'm not going to be as good as last year. He's trying his hardest. There's no doubt about it, but teams figured him out. It's, it's a chess match. So, uh, but he's made his counter moves the last couple weeks and he's really turned things on and, uh, it's going to help him get paid, uh, pretty soon. I think either by the Buccaneers or by another team. So Rob Gronkowski and my man, Shaquille Shaq Barrett. Good choices, by the way. Since we're talking about Alex Kappa, does anyone remember pre-draft when Trevor tweeted out the picture of Alex Kappa at the podium at the combine? <laughs> and he tweeted next to it the picture of the sloth from Zootopia. <laughs> wow. And then the Bucks drafted him and he had to see him in the locker room. I wish I would have known that because I would have shown that to Alex Kappa every day when Trevor was in the locker room, just to point out yeah. this is the oh, guy that called you a sloth. Kappa definitely would have laughed at it, probably. But <laughs> I remember when they drafted him, Trevor was like, This guy's going to kill me. Yep. I just texted him about it to see if he could find it, but he never put a caption with it. <laughs> so he doesn't know how to find it now. But for people who don't remember, there's Alex there Kappa. Go. Oh, there wow. That's right. All right, game balls. I got to get serious. Um, offensively, game ball going too. I know I've done this before. No, you know what? I'm going to change it up. Even though Tristan Wirfs is obviously deserving because you could easily make the argument that Tristan Wirfs is the best right tackle in the NFL right now. Um, he's been unbelievable. I'm going to give a game ball to Donovan Smith just because Mark's on the podcast right now. Wow. I want him to hear it. Donovan Smith's getting a game ball, Mark Cook, because he balled out today and he was great. And not going to argue with that. He's not on the disappointing list, great. John. It's okay. He, he looked like Walter Jones. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. wow. Come on I'm now. <laughs> no, Florida uh, State, Don- go Knowles. Donovan Smith played great. Um, and so I'm going to give him offensive game ball. Defensively, game ball. I can't see that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Trevor is line. the cowardly lion. The so cowardly he's not the only one that can be made fun of. That's yeah. right. Um, defensive or Defensively. Uh, man, I mean, obviously Shaq Barrett was great. I'm going to go in Dominican Sue. I thought he was unbelievable in this game. I thought it was one of his best games of the year, best games as a buck. He was just – he you could tell he knew playoff was online, and the veteran came up huge, I thought, in this game, and they needed him too. Um, my game balls, um, I, I've got to give one to Dan Bailey. Uh, I thought that he did a great job playing Santa Claus today, <laughs> handing out presents. Come on, man. The guy's going to be unemployed tomorrow morning. Presents just... in the form of, of missed field goals and an extra point. So Why do you want to kick uh, a man when he's down? <laughs> Literally. He bailed the Bucks out. So he probably would miss kicking himself. Go ahead. Dan bailed the Bucks out. Um, no, aside from Dan Bailey, I say on the, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I, I want to say Pat O'Connor because just I, I know how hard no. this guy has worked, you know, to 
to get that sack, right? He, this is a guy that came in as an undrafted free agent from Eastern uh, Michigan and was a yo-yo back and forth from the practice squad to the active roster, practice squad, active roster. He's put on some weight. He made his mark on special teams. Remember, he blocked a punt against Denver earlier this year. He's been a special teams demon, kind of a core guy on that side of the ball. And he finally got his first NFL sack after four hard years of work. Uh, but he's not going to get the game ball. He just gets my recognition. The game ball is going to go to Antoine Winfield Jr. Yes. Career high 12 tackles today. Uh, big time sack fumble, uh, even though Kirk Cousins recovered it. He made another uh, special teams tackle. So he actually had 13 on the day. I thought uh, he really played great. He wanted to play great in this game because it was his dad's former team. He grew up a Vikings fan, and I think that he did that. And and we talked earlier this week, John, about how the safeties needed to be heroes too and help out the corners. And and he played a role in helping both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson only finish with 39 receiving yards apiece. So big props to Antoine Winfield yeah. Jr. On the offensive side of the ball, listen, I do want to recognize the offensive line, right? I mean, no sacks, but guys, like we talked about it on, on the, the pregame or the, yeah, the preview podcast. Uh, this was a Vikings defensive front that had 21 sacks on the year, five of which, five of which were from uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who's not even on the team anymore. So th this, this was an inept group of pass rushers. So, yes, good job by the offensive line and not allowing Brady to get sacked, but you shouldn't have in the first place because they were so awful up front. Um, so instead, uh, I'm going to give um, my game ball to Scotty Miller. I knew it. Catch, right? Cause, I mean, Just because of the name. Well, I like the name Scotty, you know. Um, yeah. Big big, wow. props to, big props to mom for the name. She big named name by this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but Scotty Miller's forty-eight yard touchdown catch was big, right? I mean that that was that was an ignition play, gave the Buccaneers the lead. They would never look back from seven to six, and and really that's the big play element. And listen, I'm not a knock in Antonio Brown. He played well, right? I mean, I, I I think some people would would say I've been dogging Antonio Brown. I've just been pointing out the guy's averaging eight point four yards per catch. That's <laughs> I mean, I'm just showing the facts show that he's not that's as good as Scotty Miller right says now. Says it's 8.4, right. and and you know what? AB played probably his best game as a Buccaneer today. Made, you know, got a couple first downs, moved the ball, but but yeah, that game big play element that Scotty Miller can bring to this team, he has got a rapport with Tom Brady that honestly no other receiver has in this team. Scotty Miller was the leading receiver on this team coming into the Saints game, and the only reason that he's fallen from that perch is because Antonio Brown came in. It's I'm funny. Just, Every deep ball to Scotty Miller is on the money, basically, except for the Saints game where Scotty broke one off. Yeah, in the Giants well, game, there were a couple of but he got hit against Kansas City. Yeah. That pass was was picked off instead. But I'd like to see more of of Scotty Miller because of those plays. Scott, you you need to apologize to AB right now because he averaged nine point eight yards this game. Okay, gonna do it. Do it. Not do it. Do it. He's now. a wide receiver screen and the intermediate cross guy when they're <laughs> yeah. in third and second and long. That's he's his role. got his role on the team. Yes. Yeah, but just don't play him every snap and play Scotty six. That's all I ask, please. <laughs> all right, guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers uh, are playing the Buffalo Bills tonight, and I am – How'd they do last for, week? Uh, uh, actually, we're not going to talk about last week. We're not going to live in the past at all. We're going to be forward-focused, always thinking about the next yeah. thing, energized I, and powered They're by still undefeated, though, right? Well, and, and um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, you mentioned last week, Cookie, that was the, the Washington football team – that beat John's Pittsburgh Steelers mm. and 
interesting thing is mm-hmm. that same Washington football team just beat the San Francisco 49ers. And with the Giants loss today, I think you're going to see the Washington former Redskins uh, football team go on to win that division now. And and that that the Bucks might end up playing them at some point. If the Buccaneers can get to the number five seed, they will be playing the number four seed, which will be the NFC least division winner. No longer the East, it's now the least. So I think right now it's Washington's division to lose. And um, and I, I could see them winning out, to be honest with you. I don't know who they play. They are really hard. I think Alex Smith got hurt today. I, don't, I saw Dwayne Haskins in the game. Okay. Yeah. Matt oh, Stafford great. got hurt too, by the way. We didn't even mention that. Chase Daniel finished the game, I believe, for well, the Lions. Yeah, so. and, and, and Matt Ryan threw three interceptions. So Right, so we'll see what happens. Bucks finish 11-5 and five or else. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Great show. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Tell your friends, tell your family, help spread the word about the Peter Report podcast. I told Scott today when we were at the stadium, the way that this podcast grows and the way that PeterReport.com grows is mainly through y'all. Like we can do lots of different things. We can advertise, we can do whatever. But if y'all tell people and y'all share things and y'all spread the good news and tell people about the podcast and where to listen and all that stuff, get people to subscribe, there's good things are going to happen and we're going to be able to get Mark Cook a new camera so you can see his beautiful face and you don't want to do that all those nose hairs john's john's been in florida for a week scott and he's already like y'all this and y'all that and y'all he's gonna have have some cowboy boots and driving a four by four down a wild mama soon yeah let's not get crazy yeah let's not get crazy before we get crazy let's sign off for this podcast we appreciate y'all for tuning in and for listening to another edition of the pewter report podcast out out You like that?